Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swole podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I am Caleb. And I wonder what's for dinner. Uh, after you've scrubbed all the floors in Hyrule, then we'll talk. After you've eaten all the floors in Hyrule? <laughs> only, it is written, only your face can eat the birds for dinner. Oh, good old YouTube poop meme videos from at least 10 years ago yeah more obscure shit for us to fucking refer to that nobody will remember yeah just look up uh zelda C- cdi youtube poop to watch uh things we did <laughs> while we were not intoxicated in any way or shape or fashion yeah uh i think that the stupidest thing we ever did stone cold sober uh was watch sean kibler got the fucking like DVD for Futurama Bender's Big Score. <laughs> so we watched a fucking 30 minute episode of Everyone Loves Hypnotoad, which is just a white background and then just like a frog sitting there with like hypno eyes and it just goes brr. <laughs> they, they did a traditional sitcom cut to exterior. Uh, at one point, I think it was like four or five minutes in, and we yeah, just they all... show like it's supposed to be like the diner from Seinfeld. Yeah, and then and... they do like a commercial break, and then it cuts back to a white background and the frog going brr. And uh, <laughs> we we lost our fucking minds when that happened. We laughed so fucking hard. Uh, there's one part where like the audio slowly fades out, and then you hear a gunshot, and then an audience gasp, and then it goes brr. <laughs> It's pretty fantastic. Uh, it's amazing. I, I, they committed so hard to making that joke. I know. Let me look up. Every everybody loves hip hypnotoad. Let's see. Oh, the full the full episode is on YouTube right now. So just type in "everybody yeah, loves hypnotoad" and and watch along for twenty two minutes. I'm leafing through to see what happens. I remember watching that in Sean's dorm room while uh, he got like all the event Pokemon for my Pokemon Diamond game on his uh, on his game shark so that he could trade them to me. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, that's uh, that's some dumb shit we used to do uh, and kind of still do because we still enjoy those things. Yeah, I still enjoy being stupid. Uh, Speaking of which, how are you? Uh, I am good. I uh, still still kind of feel sick, but not very. Like uh, doctor cleared me to go back to work, so mm-hmm. I I worked a whole day and a half this week. Damn, it's a lot. I guess. So, uh, m- my work week was, you know pretty quiet Wednesday like Tuesday was kind of a mess but because I was trying to put out everybody else's fires and they, they needed help and that kind of stuff 
But Wednesday quiet, Thursday quiet, Friday, uh, one person in the office is sick, and then another person uh, is on vacation. Like, she requested the vacation. I don't, know, I don't care, whatever. But she requested the vacation, so she's off. So it's just me and my boss, and my boss can't cut checks because she has to approve the checks. So I have to be the one who cuts her checks. Uh, I think I cut about 20 from a bunch of different regions uh, and then all different pay groups, which are not mine, and then answered a bunch of questions that were not about my area. So I had to learn about the area first and then answer the fucking question. Oh, fun. So uh, it was it was great. And by great, I mean, it was uh, arduous. There are a few people who are very upset. Uh, one, one guy, uh, he, one of our big things is that, uh, direct deposits are going into old accounts, uh, cause they were active in, uh, our previous payroll system. And then those became the active payroll uh, or the active direct deposit for the new system. Uh, even if they had, uh, a certain direct deposit afterwards. So, uh, a lot of people didn't get, didn't get their money, including one man who uh, had an, uh, a hold on one of his accounts, uh, likely due to uh, outstanding financial obligations to the bank that has the hold on his account, and uh, is upset that we deposited it to the, the account with the hold on it, even though we can't fucking do anything about it, so it is what it is. And uh, the woman who was corresponding with me about this man uh, told me that the payroll department needed to step up to which I, I uh, logged in at 6.15 on Saturday because I was so busy on Sunday or on Friday doing uh, work that I had to catch up. Uh, so that was a fun email to read at 6.20 and just be <laughs> fucking furious about all day. Yeah, fuck that person in particular. Yeah, uh, I don't like them. Uh, fortunately, they're not my area, so I don't have to fucking deal with them. But I forwarded it on to my bosses and just went, hi, look, this is what somebody said to me. Make them pay or I don't care, do something. <laughs> punish this man yeah so eh, eh, uh, I'm getting a nice big bonus on the 28th uh, so I want to rack up as much overtime because there's this thing called FLSA overtime where if you work overtime and then receive a dollar payout you get uh, overtime pay based off of the hours you worked divided by it's some weird calculation where like you get additional o overtime money from the bonus payment that's nice so I'm trying to work uh, a bunch of overtime, probably going to wind up with about 10 hours this week or for this pay. So that'll be a nice little extra bonus on top of the bonus. Yeah, not bad. I'll be getting my year end bonus on my February bonus paycheck. Uh, so I'm about to have stupid money. I, I can't wait to see what dumb thing you buy. I've I've been waiting to put in that pool. You're going to get a jelly nah, of the month club, aren't you? Up, yeah, it's going to end up. I'm going to get fucking jelly of the month. Uh, that's fair. Yeah, uh, I'm going to use this to pay off one of my loans or pay off most of one of my loans, uh, which uh, will give me, I think I pay around four hundred dollars a month on it because I chose to. I could I, I literally chose the, the terms of the loan and just went, hi, this is my combined payment. Uh, I would like to pay this every month. Uh, how, how much uh, for the consolidated loan? How much? Uh, how many? How many months would that take me? And like, it would take you twenty nine months to pay off this loan. I'm like, cool. So uh, being able to knock out what I think will wind up being close to nine months of payments off of it will be pretty sweet. 
Hell yeah. And that's it. Uh, do you have anything else you want to tell the people? No, I have, uh, I have a couple like framed comic books that I have hanging over my desk that Vanessa got me at a yard sale. Hmm. And, uh, one of them is like falling down and needs fixed and I need to quit fucking with it while we're trying to record. That's true. (laughs) I would greatly appreciate you if you stop fucking with it while we were trying to record. (laughs) Um, Hey, let's kick off the show like we do every week with uh, a segment called What's Your Swill? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans! Stay away from the cans! And I'll start because I'm drinking the the huge fucking uh, Coke that I got at the AMC movie theater when I saw Spider-Man uh, and I poured some Jack in there. Oh, okay. Oh, you, you find you finally seen it. I've seen it. Okay. I sent my wife the gif of J Jonah Jameson going, I want Spider-Man. Uh, so we went and saw it. Okay. We did the, we did the whole, AMC dine-in thing. They brought the food to our seats. And, oh, so you uh, actually got your food for Spider-Man. Well, isn't that a turn yeah. of events? Yeah, I did. Uh, the joke here being, when I went to see Spider-Man, uh, I ordered food for Ashley because she hadn't eaten all day, and uh, she never got the food. Did and, you get your money back? Nope, because she was so upset she just wanted to go, so I just was, you know, not, you know, I just left. I said, fuck it. Uh, I probably will never go to that movie theater again. Yeah, fuck them. I don't know. Mine mine wasn't without uh, mistakes because uh, I ordered uh, like they have they have kind of a limited menu there. But, mm. uh, so I ordered uh, loaded French fries and specified, you know, no bacon on it because vegetarian. Right. And, uh, of course, they show up and in the dark theater, I'm like. That looks like it has bacon on it. Here, Vanessa, put this in your mouth. Uh, So she's like, yep, that's bacon. And I was like, well, I guess I'm going to eat the uh, plain French fries and uh, pretzel bites off of your food that you got. And then you can have this. Because she got like a chicken strip meal platter Uh thing. Yeah. I don't know. Food wasn't terrible. Yeah, that's fair. It's not like fine dining, but it's, uh, you know, a fancy version of what you might expect from a movie theater. Did the did the movie theater only remember two things, fine dining and breathing? <laughs> I don't know if I get that reference. Oh, that's uh, from SpongeBob. So it's when uh, Squidward r- runs into his high school rival, William Fancy Pants or Fancy Sin. Uh, I can't remember William's last name, but uh, he's like, hello, I own a restaurant. So he uh, hypnotizes SpongeBob into becoming a fine dining waiter and uh, <laughs> change it, turns the Krusty Krab into a fine, fine eatery establishment. Uh, and he tells SpongeBob to forget everything except for fine dining and breathing. Uh, and that's where you have like the little SpongeBob's that are running around with like filing cabinets and shit because William at one point asked him, what <laughs> is your name? And SpongeBob forgot that because that isn't part of fine dining or breathing. <laughs> and then he loses his fucking mind and destroys the entire restaurant. So uh, great episode. SpongeBob, where's my order? 
Did you try checking under the tray? Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's one of those great ones. So what are you having? Uh, I had a coffee because I need to digest and I need to be awake. We're, we're dog sitting for my uh, girlfriend's boss again. And the dog uh, had to be up at like 630 this morning for no fucking reason. So I made sure everyone was calm. Everyone was fed. And then we all chilled in front of the TV and watched some Twitch live streams uh, while we waited for Ashley to wake up. Uh, and she eventually did. So uh, I, I had a gin and tonic earlier. It's nothing special or fancy than any other gin and tonic I've had. So let's not bore you with the details any longer. Fun. All right. And that'll move us into some news. Oh, shit. It's mail time. Uh, Squid Game makes SAG Award history the first foreign language TV nominee. Yay. Uh, so, yeah, it got nominated for, I guess, best TV series. Uh, I believe they got best series uh, and at least best supporting actor for the old dude. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know anything else. I didn't really pay attention because awards. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, I don't care a lot about awards stuff. Uh, I just thought, you know, it's kind of notable. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. Good for good for Squid Game. I mean, the Korean invasion continues. Yeah, because we had Parasite, what, 2018, 2019? And now this like this, that was the biggest show. Squid Game was obviously the biggest show of 2021. Uh, no one can point evidence to me that will contradict that statement. Uh, it feels like everybody saw it. Everybody talked about it. So uh, good luck trying to say that Netflix was wrong on their stats, everybody. <laughs> All right. Uh, that brings us to some sad news. Uh, it is that season two of Gentified will be the or Gentified or however you want to pronounce it. I think it's gentified. Yeah, uh, is the final season of the show. It has been canceled uh, at Netflix. So. So cue the Twitter mob. Oh, of course, they they came out in full force. Uh, people saying, well, we need this kind of representation where we need to keep the show around uh, pretending that uh, Netflix has never operated like a business before and canceled things due to uh, low performance, uh, for instance. Uh, I'm looking at the article on what's on Netflix and Casey does a lot of research there. So it's first season of trailer garnered uh, 580,000 views, which is pretty good for a trailer for a show that not a lot of people seem to even know existed in the first place. Uh, it's second season trailer only got 67,000 views. So, that's, you know, that's a lot less like one ninth of of that. So uh, I think the other thing was I'm trying to find it. I don't even think it <clears> popped <throat> up in the Netflix top tens when it was released. Nah, me, I never saw it in there. Let me go find it. Cause when did it release? November, 2021. So a few weeks ago, I'm just doing a quick, quick scan. Yeah. I, I don't even see it in the, the global top 10 list. Maybe by, country we got the u.s maybe yeah not even in the u.s did this did this chart wow so uh yeah if you wanted to know why the show got canceled that's it 
because fucking nobody watched it, man. I know I didn't. Yeah, and I know I didn't either. So, yeah, uh, I, I, I get. No, I'm not sorry. I mean, like, at some point, like, there, I was in a Twitter space, just kind of like trying to get some reaction from people. And, and like understand and somebody was like Netflix and Swill what's that and I'm like oh no I have to leave this space immediately before they're like please come talk to us and I'm like I'm working I can't actually be in this <laughs> space I'm just here to, to listen to other people's perspectives on this because you know from a sheer business perspective I look at this and go well if no one's watching it why make it I wonder if people see us pop up on Twitter and shit and wonder if we're like one of Netflix's like seventy official podcasts. Oh God, no! I don't think they put in swill in anything. No, but I don't know. People on Twitter are dumb. That's that's true. No, uh, I, I've never been confused. At least yet, I have never been confused for an official Netflix account. Mainly because I put unaffi- unaffiliated with Netflix in in the Twitter bio, but I'm sure someone's like, "Well, then just renew the show at one point," and I'll be like, "Well, I can't do that." So, good try. <laughs> All right, uh, and final story is that with uh, next to no notice, Netflix is raising prices yet again on their basic and standard plans, going from eight ninety nine and thirteen ninety nine to nine ninety nine and fifteen forty nine, respectively, in the U.S. Uh, Canada is seeing a similar increase. Yeah, so that's for the basic. Uh, the basic plan is standard definition, uh, one screen at a time streaming. Uh, the standard plan is HD, and you can have up to two screens at a time uh, streaming stuff. Uh, they also increase the price on their premium plan uh, to nineteen ninety nine a month, uh, and that's the one where you can stream in like ultra high definition and uh, up to four screens simultaneously, which is what we have, which is what we have. Cause we are, you know, we need it. We need it. <laughs> there, there was, there was one point where um, I think we, I, I was sharing an account with my family and like everybody on my Falcon family's uh, account was just like watching something. I was like, guys, I'm the only one who does the show. Like, you guys need to let me watch the thing, please. Yeah. I was watching people fucking have a meltdown over this on Reddit, and they were like, $20 a month, like, that. that's almost as expensive as cable now. And I was like, guys, are you fucking serious? Like, do you... I've, I've had cable in the past, and for, like, a basic package with internet was, like probably 200 or so dollars a month. Yeah. Which yeah. like right now I like cuz okay, like since uh I was quarantined last week, I I finally did get uh Disney mm-hmm. plus so mm-hmm. uh we can watch the fucking shitty Marvel shows which so far are fine i guess um but like between that hbo and netflix and then i pay 60 bucks a month for internet like that's still less than a hundred dollars so yeah. what the fuck are you 
talking about. <laughs> and then and then, of course, everybody's like, oh, well, now they're going to just like start offering a bundle of all the streaming things. What a novel idea. Yeah. And like even even if that happens. And like you're paying a similar amount to cable, it's still preferable to cable because cables just like. Do you remember like in the 80s when you didn't get to choose what you watched? It was just like. A bunch of shit that was poured into a trough for you to consume. No. <laughs> I, I was born in 1989, so yeah. no. I don't know. I was. I have a I have a weird obsession with like, I don't know if people will even remember this, but like uh, back in the day, there was uh, like a character. I, I believe it was on like MTV. Uh, they did like. Uh, a music video type show. Uh, but it was like hosted by a character called Max Headroom. Uh, and like I've I'm just obsessed with the idea that like Max Headroom at one time existed in that, like it became this weird, pervasive, like pop culture thing, despite having been like a brief flash in the pan of like this character existing. Uh, but I was watching this video all about like the history and like the inception of Max Headroom. And it was like, hey, do you remember how shitty Cable was? And I was like, I do. I do remember. I mean, yeah. So here's here's the thing. And I, I agree with people on certain things. Uh, Netflix is the most expensive streaming service on the Internet. That is 100% correct. Uh, and it's also kind of problematic because the other streaming services, when they offer their platforms, like Disney+, Plus. You get to you get the the four screens and the 4K streaming at whatever their price is. Now, of course, they're trying to undercut net Netflix, of course, mm -hmm. because like they, they want to because they want you to get any on the ground floor and then slowly raise the price like Netflix has. That is obvious. HBO, I think their their plan is fifteen dollars a month. If I, I don't pay for yes. this, so I don't know. It is. Um. So the thing the thing with HBO is that for the entirety of HBO's existence, they have been a premium channel. Like, that's what they built their business model on, so they can just go right into that. And, like, nobody bats an eye to it. Disney, I don't think really gives a shit if they lose money on Disney+, Plus because Disney+, Plus is, like, the reason Disney makes movies is to advertise for the fact that they have theme parks where you can go and meet these characters. Disney is a theme park business that makes movies. Like, that is their core business. Yes, which is why their stock dipped so fucking much during the pandemic when no one could go to theme parks because that was their number one source of revenue. Look, like, even despite the fact that they had Avengers Endgame and a bunch of other movies that, that came out that made close to a billion dollars, uh, their theme park revenue was still like, I want to say, 10 times that of their of their movie studios. Yeah. And I mean, that's another reason why Disney is so litigious, because like protecting that intellectual property. Like maintains the exclusivity of the experience of going to one of a few select locations to spend like an exorbitant amount of money to fucking meet star Lord. <laughs> it's true. So like 
I get it. I, I, I understand why people are upset that and like the memes came out almost immediately after like uh, uh what was it i think too hot to handle fucking ha- had a trailer release this week or like a teaser and people were like i'm paying 15 bucks a month for this shit and it's like well yeah kind of but like so I, I i get it but also we're in a, a privileged enough spot to where our Patreon money pays for our Netflix. So we basically get it for free so long as people keep listening to the show, of course. So More it's less, not like yeah. so it's not like we have to really worry about the price of Netflix ever. I don't know, unless we say like some whack bullshit on the air and people start canceling their uh sub- Patreon subscriptions. That's true. Well, we have to say that'd be something like really dumb. Yeah. Like Gerald Morris is a smart man. uh the moon landing is a zionist conspiracy fucking a right it is (laughs) (laughs) oh shit oh um i wanted to this i guess is tangentially related to that but like i wanted to talk to somebody about this because i thought it was fantastic and i don't have anyone else to talk to about it I fucking love that in the new Spider-Man movie, J. Jonah Jameson is essentially an Alex Jones character. Oh, I know. It's great. He's it's like, oh, here, here, get my Daily Bugle supplements in spray tan. <laughs> I, I, I laughed very hard when I saw that shit. I was like, oh, it's just Alex Jones. I mean, it kind of looked like that at the end of at the end of uh, Far From Home. But I was just like, oh, yeah, cool. Uh, I'm glad yeah. they went this route. So. Yeah, not to get off on too much of a tangent about Spider-Man, but like. Post Endgame, the the first thing that like really did anything for me was Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, and now Spider-Man No Way Home is the second thing that really did it for me. Like, I thought it was actually very good. Yeah, that's fair. So, yeah, uh, look, I don't blame you if you want to co- if you want to cancel uh, your Netflix subscription. I know, you know. Yeah, it's always y- been your choice. Do, yeah, do your thing. It's your money. Use it when you need it. Call JG Wentworth, 877-CASH-NOW. If you get long-term payments, but you need cash now. Call JG Wentworth, 877-CASH-NOW. Okay, that was terrible. 877-CASH-NOW. That was like, that was like a Paul note. Uh, I yeah, sing better than that, everybody. I, I do. When I stay within my range. God, people who don't live in the States are going to have no fucking idea what we're talking about. That's that's true. Uh, just go look up J.G. Wentworth commercials. Let's let, hold on. Let me make sure J.G. Wentworth commercials. Uh, oh, yep, there it is. The Viking Opera. That's the one I vividly most yeah. remember. Yeah, that's the one. That's the yeah. one where they sing the song. How about this one? For great car insurance rates online, go to the general and save some time. I mean, that's still semi-relevant. I still, like, when I was at my parents' house, I still see commercials for the general, and I still think it's a fucking scam. It is. I think they're, um, underwritten by somebody now, though. Like, I think before, it's just like, the general is just like this fucking thing that just existed, and someone was like, wait, we need to buy this, and then jack up the prices, and then underwrite it. So I, I, I want to say it's like all state or like state farm or something that underwrites uh, the general now. Advertising in the United States is so fucking weird. Do you remember the the insurance like car insurance company and they yeah. had commercials 
with a character called Erin Esurance. And uh, she was like, Is she a pink hair? Yeah, it, it yeah. Was, it, they were animated and she was like a Mission Impossible type mm-hmm. who was like coming to defeat the the bad insurance companies or something. Yeah, they removed those from the Internet because uh, they found her in some Rule 34 porn. <laughs> ah, shit. I think that's also why, like, the progressive insurance commercials don't use Flow as much anymore. Because, like, a lot of people, self-included, thought Flow really had it going on for some reason. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Well, Flo was in something that I've seen. Like she was like she's an actual actress, of course. But like she was in something before she became Flo. And I saw her. I'm like, wait, is that Flo? And it was. Fantastic. I don't know. Now the only insurance commercials that I see are the ones that get foisted on me on YouTube because I can't get ad blocker running on my phone. Uh, oh, so I just see all the Liberty fuck. Mutual ones with a fucking ostrich. Or I guess it's an emu. It's an emu. Uh, so it's it was Fred the movie. She was in Fred the fucking movie. Oh no! Oh no! Uh, we have to escape this segment. Let's go to downstream. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line. Uh, our first trailer this week is for photocopier. Uh, when photos of her at a party cause her to lose her scholarship. Suryani is determined to speak out about what happened to her, investigating the truth behind what happened that night. Will she see light at the end of the tunnel? An award-winning thriller drama, Photocopier, is coming to Netflix on January 13th. So it's already out. Yes, that's true. Uh, So this is uh, about a girl who, I guess, goes to a party and gets, like, drugged? It's implied that she believes she was drugged. Because yeah. there's no way she could act out like this on her own. And she's trying to figure out, like, what happened to her, who took what pictures, and, like, why this is happening to her. Because she insists that she didn't party that hard. Uh, yeah, Andrew W.K. wasn't there, so, so there's no way she could have partied that hard. So, typically, whenever you get a trailer that comes out the day before a thing is released, that's not great news, for the actual movie itself, because uh, if Netflix doesn't have faith in something they're helping distribute around the world, you shouldn't have great faith in it either. All right. Uh, Next trailer is for Against the Ice, uh, which shockingly is not uh, a sequel or prequel to The Ice Road. Against the Ice is a true story of friendship, love, and the awe-inspiring power of companionship. As two men succeed in finding proof, Greenland is one island, but not before. Wait, succeed in finding proof Greenland is one island. Is that something that people debated before? They thought it was like just an iceberg. Wasn't this set in like 1909? I think it was 1909. Yeah. So maybe then everyone thought it wasn't one island. I guess I guess so. That's just a wild concept. Yeah. Uh, But not before battling extreme conditions in their fight for survival. So this is like a historical drama. Uh, I was waiting for a scene where like they're sitting around a campfire starving to death. And one of the guys looks over and his friend is just a steak sitting there talking to him. Uh, Because that's what movies have trained me to think like. So that's true. Uh, I'm waiting for the scene where uh, (laughs) Nikolai Coster Waldau has his hand chopped off. 
Yeah, that's true. Because he's uh, he's uh, Jamie Goldhand. Uh, fucking. Oh, God. Lannister. Lannister. I can't remember anything from Game of Thrones anymore. It's OK. That's fine. I, I, I remember the what King everyone Slayer. else told me. Uh, I remember a Starbucks cup being in the in a shot, and that's when everyone knew the movie was uh, or the the show was done forever. Yeah, yeah. This this show about magical dragons is entirely unrealistic now because somebody left their red Starbucks cup in a shot. People care about too much shit, man. Yeah. Get a get a fucking hobby. But uh, what you think? Wait, wait until I tell you that uh, Elijah Woods wasn't really a hobbit. Um, I don't know. This looks fine. It looks uh fucking crazy and depressing yeah looks nuts actually i actually kind of enjoyed the trailer now uh we'll see because it looks like at one point uh some dogs fall off a fucking cliff so fingers crossed we don't actually and then, get to see and that then they imply that they get desperate enough that they're gonna eat a dog oh i missed that part Does that makes sense so yeah, i don't know yeah uh cool i guess i don't know my, probably probably will be a topic, honestly, because it'll be in the it'll be in the March months where nothing's happening. Yeah, yeah, it's true. All right. Uh, next up is All of Us Are Dead, uh, a Korean show. All of us will die. There is no hope. The school turned into a bloody battleground and our friends into our worst enemies who will make it out alive. Will you kill or let yourself be killed? School's out for the apocalypse. A high school becomes ground zero for a zombie virus outbreak. Trapped students must fight their way out or turn into one of the rabid infected. Uh, so this is like the anime High School of the Dead, except like not super sexual about <laughs> fucking teenage girls. True. Because uh, that show is intensely problematic. It's an anime that that went without saying. <laughs> uh, I I do appreciate that, like when zombies start showing up in the school, one of the characters literally just says it's trained to Busan. Well, yeah. And if you see the way the zombies kind of act like they writhe around on the ground, mm-hmm. kind of like in Train to Busan. So I, I looked it up to see, like, is the did the director work on like the showrunner work on Train to Busan? And it's not like the Train to Busan director did Hellbound and we both know how that turned out yeah. but uh, so i was like oh is he already doing another fucking thing back in the zombie universe and turns out he's not it's just somebody taking his his version of zombies and moving it to uh a, a series as the dogs go fucking insane behind me as i talk about a, a zombie series yeah um i don't know youtube does have a a link here for me to buy or rent train to busan on youtube Good for you, YouTube. Yeah. Uh, I will never give you actual money, YouTube. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Give me YouTube. Link me to Amazon to get me to buy a Blu-ray for Train to Busan. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, this is the most viewed trailer of the week. It has over three million views. Uh, What did you think? Uh, I think it looks pretty good. Honestly, it looks uh, it looks fun and. Looks like a zombie thing. Can't be worse than Army of the Dead, statistically. That's, that's true. Oh, uh, I'm interested. I'm interested in it. 
All right. Our uh, our last trailer this week is for Inventing Anna. This whole story is completely true, except for all the parts that are totally made up. Uh, audacious entrepreneur or con artist, a reporter digs into how Anna Delvey convinced New York's elite she was a German heiress based on a true story. Uh, so this is about uh, a girl who pretends that she's part of high society to take money from people who are part of high society. Yes. This does nothing for me. I think we're only really talking about it for two reasons. One, it's another Shondaland production. Production. Uh, Bridgerton was such a massive, massive success, if I could fucking talk today, uh, that, you know, Shonda, Shonda Rhimes got to do whatever the fuck she wanted, so she's doing this this thing. Uh, and also, Julia Garner stars in it. Uh, everyone will remember her as Ruth from Ozark. So, oh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I think her accent is is whack. I can't tell what she's doing. Uh, will I check this out? Maybe. Yeah, we'll see. All right. And that'll take us straight into quick hits. Dan, what did you watch this week outside of our regularly scheduled viewing? Uh, so I heard from several independent people that I, uh, that I had to watch this movie brazen. Now, what they actually said was, hey, whatever you do, don't watch this movie brazen. Uh, to which yeah. I said, get fucked. Of course, I'm watching this. Uh, so I watched Brazen. This is Alyssa Milano uh, in a Lifetime original movie type movie oh, where she is no. a best selling mystery author. Oh, it's this thing who Angela Lansbury is her way into the murder investigation of her own sister. Uh, all while fucking the hot detective who lives next door. Does it turn out he's the murderer? No, I w- initially I was like, oh, he's going to be the murderer. But no, like he like they, they spend the night together uh, as her sister's being fucking murdered. So uh, even though it's right next door. So like, who knows? Like, what the fuck was going on there? But yeah, uh, so it's not him. And then like, oh, the reveal's kind of dumb because like they set up. So the sister works as like a dominatrix for this website called Fantasy or Fantasy Inc or something like that. So she's she, she's employed. They go to interview the CEO of Fantasy Life, who the company is in the town they're in, the the small fucking town that they're already in for some reason. How that happens, I don't know. So uh, they show up and they're like. Uh, the CEO's like, yeah, it's a family-run business uh, by me, my mom, and my brother who tracks all the computer stuff. And I just went, so it's the brother. Uh, it turns out it's never the brother because he's never even introduced. So, like, they, they had this whole dangling thread about the fucking brother just randomly existing. And it was like, all right, when's he showing up? Because he's the real killer. And then when they reveal the real killer, I'm like, oh, that's just fucking dumb. Because you've left the brother open and never eliminated him as a su- as a suspect, so uh, whatever I fucking guess. So yeah, uh, bad dialogue, uh, bad performances. Alyssa Milano is uh, cringeworthy. Uh, although there's one point where she does don some dom- dominatrix gear uh, and pu- and gets on like her best push up bra. So them them titties is like up and shown off. And if you're looking for that. This is the movie for you. Just skip forward like 70 minutes. 
Uwu. Or, you know, find pictures online and don't watch the movie. But yeah, uh, already in the running for worst Netflix movie of the year. I can already tell you this. Uh, it's that fucking bad. Please don't watch Brazen. Or if you do watch Brazen, uh, say that I sent you. Yeah. What about you? What did you watch this week? Uh, I watched 21 Jump Street, which mm. uh, is still pretty funny. Uh, it's Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum as two idiot cops uh, who get like a last shot at being cops uh, by going undercover as high school students, uh, despite, you know, looking like they're in their late 30s. So they have to like bust a drug ring of little kids uh, Ellie Kemper's in it and is hilarious because she's Channing Tatum's teacher and like, uh, like the implication is very bad because it's like she clearly wants to fucking bang her student, but like, right, but it's, you know, it's played for laughs. It's a comedy movie. Um, but like, I don't know. There's, uh, there's a lot of funny moment moments in this movie. It's, uh, the best part I think is whenever like the drug dealer makes them prove that they're they're cool so he makes them do the drugs in front of him and then they both like run to the bathroom and are trying to make themselves throw up and can't uh so they like start fucking finger blasting each other in the throat to like make each other throw up (laughs) and it's uh horrible but huh yeah this is a movie that completely passed me by i don't know why i've never watched this movie but i just haven't I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of names in it. Like Ice Cube is the the captain of the unit that they get assigned to. Brie Larson's in it. Dave Franco is like the teenage drug dealer. Uh, Rob Riggle's the the gym teacher who's just like an asshole to them. Sounds like a Rob Riggle role. Yeah. Chris Parnell and Jake Johnson are in it. Uh, Nick Offerman's in it. When did this come out? This was. uh 2012. Damn, that's a fucking stack cast for 2012. Yeah, yeah it was like uh, a veritable who's who of funny people. But yeah, yeah, pretty funny movie. But it's uh, it's based on a TV series of the same name, uh, and it actually has, you know, the guys who were in the original show, uh, one of whom is Johnny Depp show up at one point. Uh, and then in sort of uh the other guys fashion get fucking murdered with guns. And then like the new guys have to take over and, and like crack the case. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. It's worth checking out. All right. Oh man. Dakota Johnson's in this movie. Oh wow. It really is a veritable who's who. Yeah. That was way before, you know, the, the sex the bad, movies, the bad, the bad sex movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, apparently she's in the social network. Huh? She's uh, I want to say she's the girl that Justin Timberlake's fucking. I think. I think that's right. But yeah, it's uh, it's a movie. It's got some laughs. It's on Netflix. Check it out. All right. Anything else? Uh, nope. That's pretty much it. I, I, uh, was bored the other night and my wife was at work. So I started watching unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt again, but, uh, mm. yeah, the show's still pretty funny. Yeah. All right, cool. 
Still waiting for the Titus spinoff. I know, right? Where's my Titus Burgess spinoff? Give me only Titus Burgess forever for 100,000 minutes. All right. Uh, so with that, we're going to cut into a quick break. And when we come back from that break, it'll be time to get into our main view topic for the week. The house. The Netflix and Swill podcast is brought to you by our patrons, Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Nick Haskins, Ashley, the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, Jimmy Della Rosa, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Duty Dutram, Casey Moore, The Nerd Revert, and Dan's mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at netflixandswill.com slash Patreon. Buy some shit. Visit netflixandswill.com slash merch. Leave a review and tell me how good I'm getting at public speaking. Visit netflixandswill.com slash Apple Podcasts. Thanks for letting us live our dreams of being professional idiots. We now return you to your regularly scheduled banter. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to get into our main review topic for the week. The House. Right, the House is a new animation comedy drama film on Netflix. It is a 7 out of 10 on IMDb. Across different eras, a poor family, an anxious developer, and a fed-up landlady become tied to the same mysterious house in this animated dark comedy. Uh, this is basically three short films uh, delivered in anthology format. Mm -hmm. uh, the only character shared between the three is the setting. Yes, the house. Yeah. Dan, what did you think of the house? So I guess I'll start with I don't think it's very funny at all. Yeah, I don't get the dark comedy thing. It's more yeah. just like uh, a depressing deconstruction of like the things that we can't get over in our lives. Right. So from the comedy aspect, I don't get it. But like from the other stuff. Uh, this was a, this was such a fucking weird, bizarre movie with weird, bizarre ideas. But somehow <laughs> in the end, it fucking worked. Yeah, um, I'm I'm right there with you. So, like, this is one of those movies that, like, it's kind of less important of what actually is happening in each story. And it's more thematic. Like, it's it's an art piece that's meant to be interpreted uh, and like each part has kind of a a theme that it's going for that you can kind of dredge out of it. I can tell you the theme in the second one, I can't figure out at all. The first one and the third one, yeah, absolutely true. no problem. But the second one, I have no fucking clue what they're trying to say. So yeah, let's just uh, break them down one at a time. I'm not going to be too worried about spoilers for this because like, I feel like it's both difficult to talk about this movie without spoiling it. And also that like, spoiling it isn't really going to impact people's enjoyment of it necessarily. Cause like yeah. the things that happen in it aren't what really matters. Right. Uh, but if you don't want to hear spoilers for the movie and you just want to go off the recommendation of uh, watching some weird thing, uh, which is extremely interpretational, uh, check the show notes for our review of don't look up after this. <laughs> so yeah, the first, the first part, it's the one that has humans in it. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's this this poor family. Uh, they have a new baby uh, as well as a nine year old daughter. 
and some horrible relatives come and judge them about the state of their home uh, because they're awful people. And it's like, oh, how sad that this woman had to make her own curtains and clothing for her children. Yeah, right. What awful people. Yeah. How? I don't know. The the dad like really buys into it. And it's like, you know, he thinks that like status and having things is what's important in life so that you can impress people that are dicks to you. So as such, you know, they they allude to like his dad was a a drunkard and just like squandered his fortune and left him basically destitute and just he just lives in this shitty cottage. Yeah, dr- drunkard slash gambler kind of guy. Yep. So uh, a real Kenny Rogers type. But yeah, they like the dad out on like a drunken self pity party finds a a mysterious benefactor while out wandering the woods who says like, hey, uh, I'm developing all this land around here uh, because he's like a great architect. And he's like, move out of your house and move into the house and we will, you know, build a new home for you on a a piece of property that I have set aside because like I'm already rich. The only thing I care about is the realization of my uh, artistic expression through building right. perfect homes. Uh, so they move into this uh, nightmare house with, you know, the whole family. Well, I mean, at the beginning, it, it, it looks like the ideal house. Like it's, it's yeah. this massive sprawling house where like, there's plenty of room as opposed to the, their house they were in before, which is basically like a studio apartment, but like maybe a bit bigger. Yeah. Which like, uh, I don't know. The the kid's never comfortable with it because like. Like the kid can kind of see like, oh, this is really weird. And the parents Mm -hmm. are like, look at all of these things that we have. Look at our Uh, electricity. Well, not even electricity. They had like gas lights because it's Mm -hmm. like the 1800s. But like it's like, oh, we have you know, we don't need our our heirlooms and stuff anymore. We have uh, like these nice fancy chairs and things. Yep. Uh, so like they begin to ignore the children and their needs and they're just kind of enamored with the things they have. So like as this progresses, the uh, Mr. Thomas, who is like the butler essentially mm-hmm. for them is like, uh, oh, you know, the the master, which like I forget his name, whatever the fuck Van Schockenbeck or something like that. Schoenbeck something like that something similar to that but uh he's like oh he made these clothes for you they they're meant to match and complement the decor of the house that he's constructed here uh so like the the dad's dressed as like a chair and the mom is dressed as the curtains yeah essentially um and the daughter's just like you two look like fucking idiots uh, and they like, do. That's not very nice. You apologize. Yeah. And she's like, I really don't want to, but I guess I will. Yeah. Um. So like as they're living in this house, things are like constantly being torn apart and reconstructed, uh, which leads to the children being lost in a seemingly abandoned section of the house and not being able to get out and like back to where the rest of the family is. And then like when they finally 
manage to do so. Like they find Mr. Thomas crying in the corner in the dark and he's just like, I'm just an actor. He gives me a script of things to say and do. And like, I never meant for all this to happen and blah, blah, blah. And like, in the meantime, the dad is like, so like the mom has been obsessed with like sewing curtains to like hang up in this great room that they've been spending their time in. Right. Uh, so she just like sits there all day and like makes curtains uh, and falls asleep at the sewing machine instead of tending to her children. Uh, and like the dad's been trying to get this fucking fireplace to light. Uh, so like he ends up taking all of their like heirloom furniture and shit and burning it in the fireplace. Uh, Cause he's, you know, not attached to the things that are part of his family anymore. Right. So like the kids finally make it back there and find that uh, the dad has become a chair. And the mom has become curtains uh, and they're like, you have to get out of this horrible house and, and away from everything and like save the baby. Uh, and the mom lowers herself, uh, i.e. the curtains out the window so they could slide down and escape. Mm. Uh, and that's it. It's creepy. And like they become the the furniture and end up burning up in this like fireplace fire that like spreads to their their own furniture bodies. Yeah. So this is pretty much like basically about our, our worldly attachment to all of yeah. our shit and how we really need to look at, you know, uh, it's like in the, a more subtle things, way. The things that you value, you know, over people, you become those things. And ultimately, that's all you have. Like the yeah. more the more that you get, the less you are ultimately. Uh, and in a subtle way, it, it says everything you need to know about global warming uh, <laughs> way more subtly than don't look up. In a way, because I feel like, you know, the parents are leaving these kids to uh, survive a fire. And then, you know, after they get out of the fire, there's just kind of like there's a, there's this nothingness that all they have to look back on is this fucking yeah. fire. And like they're they can't go back to their home because it's been torn down for materials for this weird house mm. that is like constantly being reconstructed. And it's like right gentrification too in there yeah. a bit. Yeah. So it's like. uh if you if you know that enough is enough, like you'll always have enough. And like the family was doing fine, but because like the dad cared that much about impressing people, it ultimately and destroyed his whole family. Exactly. Uh, on to part two. Uh, this one's about a mouse uh, who is now. The owner slash like contractor trying to renovate this house and like flip it and sell it. Mm. Uh, so like as he's struggling to do all this on his own and like money's tight, you know, he keeps like calling his romantic partner, which we'll circle back on a bit later uh, <laughs> and saying like how progress is going on the house and stuff. And, uh, you know, he's getting ready for like a showing of the house. And then. Like all these bugs, like an infestation of. Uh, they call them fur beetles shows up in the house and they like destroy anything fabric, I guess, basically like they they'll eat the rugs and the furniture and shit and just like wreck the house. Right. So he's getting ready for this this viewing, uh, trying to kill all the bugs. And uh, 
like no matter how many he gets rid of, it just seems like they 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 spawn more and more constantly. Right. And then uh, then you have the showing happen and it's a bunch of uh, a bunch of other mice rats that show up and they're like, oh, yeah, this, is a, this is a house. Yeah. And they fucking destroy the house, like leaving muddy footprints everywhere yeah, and like just letting their children run rampant. A fucking kid smears ice cream on everything and then like throws the ice cream cone in the fish tank and kills the only fish that's in this huge aquarium. Yeah. So like eventually everybody leaves without expressing any real interest in the house. Uh, except for two very oddly proportioned mice. One who is like very stout. And uh, one who is like tall and gangly and weird mm-hmm. looking. I don't know. And uh, then like the good mouse, I guess, uh, can't get rid of them and calls the police and is like, hey, these these squatters won't leave my house. So like. He calls the police and says, hey, you need to send some officers over here to get these people out of my house because I've asked them to leave and they won't leave. Uh, So he goes to the door and there's two police officers standing there and he's like. Fuck me, that was fast. Uh, And they're like, hey, do you have a dentist named Dr. So and so? He's like, yeah. And they're like, you need to stop calling him. He said that, like, you've been calling him and calling him a sweetheart and darling and talking to him about all these personal things about your life that he has no interest in. And we're going to press charges if, you know, you don't quit it. And he's like, that's not important. Like, you have to get these people out of my fucking house. Right. Uh, And then they don't because apparently he's like. I guess just had a psychotic break. Uh, And it's at this point that you realize, because like these uh, horrible mice that won't leave have been asking all kinds of specific questions about like the materials that the insulation in the walls are made up of and and all this different stuff. And it's like, oh, these these mice are just like giant bugs of like the same type that he's been dealing with. Uh, And like their whole extended family comes to live with them there and um like all the the weirdly proportioned mice who are just beetles and larvae uh sprout like extra limbs and they're just like eating the rugs and the furniture and just the house is destroyed Mm -hmm. uh and it shows like there's like a huge like rotisserie oven that the mouse who was like fixing the house is like yeah, this is the the centerpiece of the home. Like, this is fantastic. Uh, it shows like inside that you can see like dirt and shit piled. Uh, and he like crawls out of it, and then like grabs a scrap of something off the floor and starts chewing it, and like crawls back into it, and it's like his burrow. So he's just become like a feral, like a wild mouse, and that's like yeah. his tunnel that he lives in. And it's it's real fucking weird. This is the weirdest one. Yeah, so I've I've been thinking about it, and I'm just like, is it that like antisocial behavior like forces people into like reclusiveness, and therefore they become like these outcasts even further so, and you just get like even like weirder fucking people than what you normally would get with socialized people, is my guess, but that's not. I don't think that's it. I don't know what it is. I don't really know what they were going for but like i don't know it it also kind of has like the sense of like the futility of trying to 
like maintain old things and like we get more into this in the third part, but like the willingness to let things go is kind of a theme overall, I guess. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. This was a weird one and I'm not sure exactly what they were going for, but I'm sure it has some deeper meaning besides like uh, bugs eat everything, you know? Right. Right. Like, uh, like, Consider this, like, for instance, like, no mouse is, like, he's seen really not interacting with any other mice. Like, the, the mice that he is interacting with just kind of ignore him. And then the only people that kind of are there for him are incredibly toxic people that just take advantage of him and, and destroy everything he's worked on, mm-hmm. uh, forcing him to basically undergo a psychotic break and into where he, like, retreats into this hovel that, you know, we don't actually see, but. You know, he he has to live there because that's the only place where he feels accepted. Maybe. Yeah. And then we get to part three, uh, which is about uh, some cats. So the main cat is Rosa, who is the the owner of the house and is uh, a landlady who's trying to fix up the house and like use people's rent to to fix up the house to eventually also like sell it and and move on and stuff because like you know she thinks that the house is is real cool and nice and like could be something fantastic if it just you know if she just put a little bit of work into it Mm -hmm. uh and she has two horrible tenants who don't pay their rent and one of them is a a filthy hippie uh who's into like all this pseudo spiritual like Mm. crystal healing like fake native american and like like Indian crap that like, you know, they like she listens to records of sitar music and like dances around and like pays her rent in like obsidian crystals that have healing energy. Yep. And Rose is not immediately just like, hey, get the fuck out. Right. Uh, Which... And the other the other tenant is uh, a guy who just like catches fish and gives her fish to pay for rent instead of currency uh and like the hippie cat is just like currency is just like notes and coins man and rose is like yeah that's exactly what it is can you give me it right because that is what society is is founded on is like the exchange of currency for goods and services ah twenty dollars i wanted peanuts (laughs) twenty dollars can buy many peanuts explain Money can be exchanged for goods and services. But then uh, we come to find out eventually that um, there there was a great flood and like this is the only surviving house left. Yeah. And there were a lot of other tenants that had been there and had all left. Um, And the flood waters are still rising. Yeah. And no matter how many. uh, Like how much work she puts into the house, it, it all is ultimately ruined by like natural forces uh, so there's like this looming mist that surrounds the house. So you can't see anything else around it. Um, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Like in the first part, the house is just like this countryside villa. In the second part, you see it's part of like an actual like bustling cityscape. And on the third part, like it's essentially alone on an island. Right. Um, but like the floodwaters are going to come back. There's this mist all around. Like she's trying to paper the walls is like one of the main things that she does. But then like this mist will roll in and just like 
cause the glue to not adhere and all the paper just peels off and she can't do anything to stop it from happening. It's like all of her work is just ultimately futile. Right. And then this horrible, filthy other hippie cat shows up who is like uh, a shaman uh, for QAnon, probably. And is like, possessions are just things, man. Uh, I'm just a traveler. You know, I sleep under the open sky uh, in this tent. So not really. Uh, you got to learn to let things go, man. Uh, so so the other hippie cat like instantly vibes with him. Well, she was like, he's my spiritual partner. Like we've been communicating spiritually uh, through the cosmos for like eight years now. And it's like, the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oof. Uh, if you can't tell, I hate new agey bullshit because uh, <laughs> it's a scam. Yes. To take money from dumb people for uh, crystals that aren't rare and probably grown in a test tube. That's fair. Uh, but yeah, like people start leaving like uh, Elias leaves the, the guy, the guy who fishes. Yeah. So Elias leaves in a boat that's made of the floorboards that uh, dirty hippie interloper cat tears out of her fucking hallway and steals because possessions are just things man yeah and then uh he he leaves her with a, a fish and some drawings and she's like i never knew he could draw and it's like well you didn't really ask like she yeah. just sees them as tenants and not you know friends in relationships that she's had yeah. uh, previously and then like uh cosmos who is the the hippie uh the fucking like cult leader from Tiger King of the cat people. Basically, he puts like this giant steel beam in her yard or mm -hmm. it's like a lever or whatever. And he's like, whenever you are ready to move on and get out of here, like you can use this to make your escape or whatever. So like everybody eventually leaves her and she's like, wait, come back. You know, like the waters are coming in, like she's splashing around in the water and stuff. And she like leans up against this thing. And it turns out it's like kind of like the rigging for a ship. Like it, it uh, causes like the house to detach from this like little island and like the, like the little piece that goes up at the top of the house that like normally has a weather vane on it. I can't, a cupola is the name for it. Uh, uh, like uh -huh. that folds open and like an old timey sailing ship like helm comes out so in like so she can go up there and steer the house, which has now become a ship. Uh, so she goes up there and like sails off into the mist in the house with her friends who are in boats. Which is also very strange and bizarre, but like thematically, this is the one that I'm the most sure of of what it's actually oh. trying to say. OK, Um Especially because like, well, like they blatantly say it at one point. Uh, he's like, you know, cherish the past, hold on to it, but like, let it go and move into like what's next. Because um, like the whole time she's been struggling to like hold on to this house because she she's so sure of what it could be. But like. She she's not realizing that like the whole time. What she wants is the rent money. But what she's getting from her tenants is companionship and food, which is what she really needs. So right. it's like she has to let go of what she wants in order to have what she actually needs, which is, you know, 
a family. So uh, even if that family includes dirty hippies, uh, I saw it also as like an allegory for death because it, it feels like. Yeah, at one point I was like, oh, she's dead. I get it. Yeah, Like we're hanging on to like the, these menial tasks until like finally we're like, all right, I'm I'm out. See you guys. And then, you know, you piece off and into the fucking uh, unknown abyss that is the, the void of death. Yeah. But like literally it at the end, she's sailing off in the house. So it's like. You know, you're you're using your past to like, you know, to carry it with you, but like move on to something new. Right. Into water world. <laughs> uh, it's 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 true. And then Kevin Costner shows up with his uh, horrendous hairline in that movie. Yeah. And his uh, rubber gills that they stapled behind his ears uh, and his webbed re- feet that is basically like condoms stretched over his feet movie's bad it's not a good one no all right uh anything else you want to say about the house before we get into a a far less subtle movie the animation was interesting like it's all like stop motion with uh, kind of nightmarish with like kind of puppets and stuff yeah it's it's not great because the people are like felted dolls uh and they have just these horrible like moon faces with like tiny features on these gigantic heads yeah they're they look like they're from uh little bites yeah. or little bits yeah they look like the fucking moon emoji yeah yeah so they're horrifying but like the other stuff actually looks pretty good like it looks like uh the cats especially look like very fantastic mr foxy yeah but yeah the people uh, oh my what did they do yeah especially because there's like one character that just shows up and laughs creepily at them as like these horrible things happen and they shed their humanity and return to furniture. Yep. Uh, this movie's fucking bizarre. I liked it. Yeah. Check it out. Uh, if you're, if you've made it this far, make sure you check it out. Uh, and with that, let's get into don't look up from Adam McKay. Uh, did you want to, did you want to rate this? Before we do that, uh, uh, yeah, it's like a yeah, uh, solid three and a half, soft four. Yeah, I was gonna say three and a half. Mm-hmm. So there it is. All right, yes, don't look up. It's time. Uh, let's talk about the most viewed movie uh, from December. Yeah, and I think uh, I saw like it's now Netflix's second most viewed movie generally. Uh, That is correct behind uh, in terms of raw hours. Yes. Uh, In in terms of uh, weighted runtime to raw hours. uh, No, not even like, like, yes, it it is. It is number two, but it's nowhere close to Red Notice. Like Red Notice is under two hours. And uh, I think the math currently on it is during the similar runtime, one hundred and forty two million people watched red notice based off of average runtime divided by their total hours. And then I think it's 112 million for don't look up over the same time period. Uh, It's amazing how, if you're clever, you can make statistics say whatever you want them to. Uh, my, My point is, is I've deciphered the statistics and everyone just understands that 
should just understand that uh, the websites are giving you clickbait right now because they're leaving out the context of runtime. Yeah. Because, of course, a movie that runs for 20 minutes longer is going to have more hours viewed. All right. Uh, Don't Look Up is a comedy drama sci-fi film. It's a 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb and currently uh, the number one thing on IMDb in terms of popularity, uh, which is interesting. Uh, Two low-level astronomers must go on a giant media tour to warn mankind of an approaching comet that will destroy planet Earth. Uh, This stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Meryl Streep, Kate Blanchett. Uh, Rob Morgan, Jonah Hill, Mark Rylance, Tyler Perry, Timothy Chalamet, Ron Perlman's in here for a little bit, Ariana Grande, Kid Cudi, basically all of them. The gang's all here. Yeah. Uh, Also, like, when did Jonah Hill start looking like uh, Dog the Bounty Hunter? Because I'm looking at, like, press photos of this, and he's got you know, slicked back, shitty, like blonde dyed hair and a great bushy beard. Oh, well, that's uh, uh, and that's he has troubling. a giant chest piece tattoo of uh, an old timey sailing ship. Apparently, have you seen this? You heard about this? No. What the <laughs> fuck happened to Jonah Hill? What happened to you? You were the you were the cute chubby kid from Superbad at one time. He also asked people, told people to ask him about his wiener. Yeah, that's true. He, he was also in uh, Grandma's Boy sucking on a titty for an entire night. <laughs> God, that would cause so much damage to the titty. I know. So what did you think of this movie? Because I have thoughts. <sighs> it was fine. Yeah, it's I for the most part, it's fine. I think there's some really overbearing parts that a better director would have looked at and gone, hey, maybe we're going a little too hard in the paint with this. Let's maybe dial it back just slightly so that way it doesn't feel like we're clubbing people over the head. You don't you don't like to be bludgeoned with uh with like, hey, do you get it? Do you get it for two hours, 15 minutes? No, not really. Also, like the, the big problem I have with this movie is that and this is a, a Paul answer to this, my conundrum. But uh, Adam McKay's fucking attitude towards anybody who didn't like this movie was just like, well, you don't get my movie about global warming uh, to which I say. Hey, fuck face. I, I understand this is about global warming, but also there was a pandemic where the exact same shit that happened in your movie happened here, too. And you could just be like, hey, it's up to interpretation based off of like anything scientists could actually warn us about and say, hey, this is a fucking global problem. Uh, you know, it, it's about that. But instead, you wanted to be like, I'm so smart. Look at my very heavy handed global warming movie. Yeah. And, and taking out all interpretation from it. Uh, so fuck you. I don't know. Just because you make something doesn't mean that you understand it or own it. Like I legally you own it, but like. Like art will always be interpreted through the eye of the viewer. Right. Like don't. I, I don't seek out director's commentaries telling me like, here's what I meant by this scene. I'd rather just figure it out on my own, like, or just like, 
I'm sure someone's be like, hey, this is what the second part of the house was about. And I'm like, oh, OK, cool. All right. I didn't really know that. I just was, you know, puzzled and whatever. Uh, I, I'm fine being puzzled. But, you know, I, I, I like some mystery to movies. Be like, why do they do this thing? I don't need Adam McKay to come in like every five minutes and be like, and this is why I got got this shot. And this is why I did this thing. And it's like, shut the fuck up. Just let me enjoy your movie or not enjoy your movie. Yeah. All right. Uh, in terms of plot. So. Jennifer Lawrence is uh, a grad student for astronomy. Uh, so she's, you know, looking through a big telescope and sees a big old comet. So she tells Leonardo DiCaprio about it and like him and all the other uh, like his grad students are celebrating. It's like, hey, we found a, a cool new celestial body that, you know, it's uh, we're going to be famous. Uh, so they start doing calculations about like the comet's trajectory and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, hey, why does, you know, the number that represents its proximity to Earth, why does it keep going down? And then, like, it slowly dawns on Leonardo DiCaprio that, like, oh, it's it's coming straight here. Mm -hmm. So. They understandably freak out. Uh, Leo and J-Law go to, like, you know, warn NASA and, like, uh, by extension, like, they have to go to Washington and, like, tell the president who is Meryl Streep about it. So, like, they get there, they meet, like, the head of, what is it, like, the National Space Defense or something? Something like that. Some, some like, acronym, uh, but it's, like, I guess a real thing, I think, that was, like, started back, you know, decades ago to protect us from, like, this scenario. Yeah. Uh, but since Meryl Streep is basically Donald Trump and is, like, a shitty president in this movie... They don't like meet with them because they're they're trying to cover up some scandal instead uh, of like Meryl Streep sexting with like her new <laughs> fucking Supreme Court nominee. Right. So like they wait there for like a couple days before they even like meet them and they're like, oh, uh, like when they do, they don't take it seriously at all. But I don't know, it it, it kind of goes back and forth for a while between like it looks like they might do something to try to stop it to like uh, then they're like, oh, the comet's made of precious minerals and we could get really wealthy from it. So we should try to capture the comet instead. Mm -hmm. So like uh, one of the characters in it is uh, Mark Rylance. It's uh, his character's name is Peter Isherwell, who is. Uh, Basically, Steve Jobs and Elon Musk. Yes. So, like, he's like one big comet impact we couldn't we couldn't get through, uh, but a bunch of small impacts we could survive. So their plan is to like break the comet apart and just like let it hit the Earth. You know, consequences be damned. But then we'll go and gather up all the materials from it and become incredibly wealthy. So it's like, you know, we'll just use poor people as fodder <laughs> to get hit by comet shards. You know, the normal shit that happens to poor people. Yeah. Um, it's also like the 
the introduction to his character, I thought was like pretty, pretty much note perfect. Cause like he's making the new iPhone type gadget. Uh, and it's like, you know, my whole life, all I ever wanted was like a true friend. So this new phone can like tell you how you're feeling and like what your real desires are and all this stuff. And like, you know, I always thought children were great because they just say what they're feeling and stuff. So he has a, like, a bunch of children come out and like parade these phones around with him on stage. But like at the end of that presentation, it's like one of the kids is like legitimately saying like, hey, I, I really look up to you and like want to be your friend and stuff. Uh, and he's just like. Hey, get this kid out of here. Take the phone back. That's company property. Yeah, so it's like, kid. yeah. So he's just like so detached from reality that like, I don't know, Steve Jobs, essentially. Yeah. Or, you know, any rich person. Yeah. So uh, aside from that, I mean, that's like the broad strokes plot. Like that's the general overarching plot. But like there's... um. During the the White House meeting, Leo is like all fucked up and he's just like all weird about like the whole thing. And at the end, they're like, get this guy some fucking media training because like he is just a fucking disaster. And then it turns out uh, that, you know, he becomes the darling of this whole thing because they go on like like a, a, a version of the Today Show where, you know, yeah, he's Tyler like, Perry hey. and Kate Blanchett are the hosts and like, yeah. You know, he it turns out he's, you know, born for showbiz. Yeah. So, you know, he the fame gets to his head. He winds up fucking Kate Blanchett, leaving his wife. And, you know, uh, it, it's the story about like his, his like kind of fall and like how he gives into the celebrity of it all versus uh, Jennifer Lawrence, who's like, hey, there's an actual fucking problem yeah. still. So she's like the people's hero who like. You know, the media hates her, but like, you know, people who can see through that are like, hey, she's she's the real one telling us that we're we're all definitely going to die. And that there's nothing any of us can do about it because the people who have the power won't let us do anything about it. Right. And then like they have a, a whole media campaign. They do like a farm aid concert uh, for just look up to like raise comet awareness uh, and like the media circus of politics is like, you know, don't look up, you know, look, look at the real problems in our country and all this stuff and populism. And we're going to, you know, make everybody incredibly wealthy. And then like at a fucking rally where there's like, don't look up. They, they can see the comet in the sky and like some rednecks, like they fucking lied to us. They took our germs <laughs> and they all like start yeah. throwing bottles and shit at them. Yeah. Uh, but of course, by that time, it's like, it's far too it's late. It's way too late. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, uh, I don't know. They had a, like, they had a plan. They had a mission at one point to go and like nuke the comet and basically do the Armageddon thing where you break it apart. So it like goes like it won't hit Earth and destroy it but like they so like the shuttle takes off with this fucking idiot cowboy flying it to go nuke the comet uh and then like he turns around and flies back because that's when they're like no this shit is like valuable metals don't blow it up 
Right. That's when Mark Rylance is like, hi, we did deep space scans and found valuable metals that because uh, like all the valuable metals from our phones require uh, like are required and we're running low on them. So yeah. this comet will re like bring everything back and we'll be able to make more smartphones, which like those things aren't rare in the universe at all. Like if you have the technology to destroy the comet, you have the technology to go and start like deep space mining for that shit anyway. It's like deal with the immediate threat and then make your money. Well, and I think obviously that's just like a, Hey, we're rich people. All we care about is our money. Fuck you. Uh, yeah. Who, and we get consequences to make the rules. be damned. Yeah. But I don't know. I've like I said before, uh, when I brought it up, like it's, it's kind of people compare it to like idiocracy, but it's a lot sadder than that. And less yeah, it's, funny. It's, it's less funny. It's more angry. And that, that, that's yeah. the thing is like Adam McKay is very angry when he's making this movie. And I think it's why he's being so blunt with it because he's like hey guys we've known about fucking climate change for years and yet we're still not fucking doing anything like he has ariana grande saying listen to the the goddamn uh like scientists like the i forget what the word is but like the the people who are actually like fucking know yeah. what they're talking about like fucking listen to them and, and then the other side them. is do your own research which has always been a code phrase for you know fall for the same Facebook propaganda that i did yeah. At the end of the movie is probably my favorite stuff, uh, at least character wise, because it's Leo going back to his wife after she leaves him because he's been fucking Kate Blanchett this whole time. And it's just like Leo's family, Jennifer Lawrence, Timothy Chalamet and Rob Morgan shows up, too. And like, it's just them around a table just bullshitting uh, as the world is coming to an end. And like character wise, that is like something I never thought Adam McKay could actually fucking do is just like yeah. turn off the fucking like over the top comedy and just let characters like be characters. Yeah. That part's actually very good. Uh, yeah. And then of course for like uh, the, the Elon Musk, Steve jobs analog and like a few of the, the powerful political people, there's like a way out. So they have like an arc situation where they've identified a, a habitable planet um so like they get on this ship and are cryogenically frozen to like go there uh so like the oh i guess we didn't really talk about it we're kind of jumping around but like right they they had like another plan to like start harvesting shit off of this this comet uh so they send up like a bunch of drone ships basically uh and it utterly fails but like during the whole thing like a bunch of the ships just fail to launch like a bunch of them are destroyed when they try to actually attempt to land on the comet. And they're like, how many can we lose before it like isn't good anymore? And Timothy or yeah, Timothy Chalamet is just like, uh, or no, uh, Mark Rylance. Mark Rylance. Yeah. Yep. Is just like, no, it's everything's fine. We're okay. Everything's good. You know, like being very like upbeat, despite the fact that his whole shit is like, really shitty because it's like this cut rate technology of like apple shit that is untested right and just like churned out in mass production so that's that's all very humorous but like he also builds the arc ship at the end that they all get on so like uh they like the they do like a post-credit scene kind of where like it's the ship arriving at this new world like thousands of years later and like, like it separates into these drop pods to like 
colonize this planet and like a bunch of them just fucking blow up or don't detach from the ship or run into each other or already had power (laughs) failures on the trip (laughs) or yeah and everybody's just frozen and dead uh but some of them make them down and uh and like they're they land there amongst the smoking ruins (laughs) of the ones that didn't make it and shit uh which is funny but like one of the things like one of the apps on this phone was like uh they're supposed to predict how people would die so like meryl streep is like how how am i gonna die and he's like oh you're gonna be eaten by a bronta rock which we don't even know what that is yet uh isn't that fascinating so like they make it to this planet and like it's the stupidest way to colonize a planet because it's a bunch of like fat old white people that wouldn't be able to repopulate a planet which is also funny because they just save the people that have money not the ones that like would be able to survive and colonize a planet uh but like they walk out into this strange alien world and there's like these ostrich dinosaur things grazing around uh and meryl streep's like it's beautiful i i want to go pet it uh and it just fucking eats her and everybody's like, what the fuck is that? And Mark Rylance is like, I believe that's called a Bronto rock. <laughs> that is legitimately the funniest part of the movie. Uh, <laughs> like that, that is the joke that I laughed out loud hardest at. I thought Rob Morgan, uh, particularly at the in the intro, was very funny. Like Rob Morgan is like low key MVP of this movie. Yeah. But yeah, uh, the rich stuff like, yes, I get it. Like, I understand why you're doing it, Adam McKay. Uh, the the incredibly rich have have done problems where it's like a bunch of old dudes and their trophy wives roll up onto a planet and they're like, all right, let's fucking do what we can. Oh, uh, we can't do anything because not enough of us can. The gene pool will be too fucking weak yeah. in order for the human race to survive. Probably the most frustrating but also like my favorite exchange in the movie is like whenever they finally get to sit down with the president and talk about this so like how certain is this and in leo's like it's a hundred percent certainty of impact like it's going to happen and they're like oh mm-hmm. don't say a hundred percent and they're like can we can we spin it just call it a potentially significant event like 70 percent? can we give a 70 percent on that yeah. and like- they're like but it isn't potentially going to happen it is going to happen and Leo's like, yeah, it's like 99.7%. And they're like, oh, great. So it's not 100%. <laughs> Call it 70% and we'll move on. And it's like. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's fucking infuriating, which uh, that ma- that actually matches up in terms of like the math that Leo was doing on the whiteboard. I think he arrived at point three. Was was the final equation or like the final number he brought from his equation? Mm-hmm. So like him saying ninety seven ninety nine point seven uh, matches up to you know your full hundred percent where it doesn't hit the hit the Earth. I guess I don't know. I don't know that equation, but uh, I assume Adam McKay used actual science because he made a character at one point say, "Listen to the goddamn scientists." So if he yeah. didn't use real science, fuck him. That's true. Mostly unfunny movie about hey let's stop being assholes yeah and uh, listen to accomplished people uh let's do it uh, yeah it's far too long and that's the thing is like i blame i blame judd apatow for the two-hour comedy now uh and now adam mckay is trying to make it even longer and i i just don't like it i i just want comedies to be 90 minutes again please like 
Say what you want about Adam Sandler movies. They never outstay their welcome ever. Yeah. Well, they're never they're just not welcome, but <laughs> well, right. But like you're never like, oh, my God, this movie is going on way too long. Like It's 90 minutes and you move on with your life. Yeah. So uh, what would you give it? Pretty, pretty middle of the road, honestly, I'd say like two and a half. I also say two and a half. Okay. Uh, here we are once again to shit on everybody's favorite thing. Eh, I don't know if it's everyone's favorite thing. I, I, I was kind of taken aback when you said 7.3. I just went, really? That's pretty fucking high, considering that like a lot of the people that I talk to, and of course, it's in a bubble, but a lot of the people I talked to were like, yeah, like it's it's all right. I, I like some of the stuff like although Julio was like, I'm giving it a four and a half star. And I'm like, what the fuck are you smoking? What what? What charity are you donating to on Adam McKay's behalf? <laughs> like, what the fuck? But yeah, uh, yeah, whatever. People like what they like, but I will give Julio shit for that. That's uh, egregious. Uh, well, coming up on ne- next week's show, we're uh, marathoning all of the live action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies of the original, like uh, the ones where it's guys in suits. Yeah, and they eventually had a crossover with the Power Rangers. If you're wondering if that's real, yes. They yeah, they, they crossed over with the Power Rangers at one point. I don't remember. Was it Zeo? No. Was it In Space? I think it was the In Space Rangers. Yeah. No, that's not possible. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I distinctly remember that they did that. Um, so for clarity's sake, we're watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the the movie. We're watching TMNT 2, The Secret of the Ooze, and TMNT 3, Turtles in Time. <laughs> a terrible film that I can't wait to watch again. I can't wait to learn the secret of the booze. Ooh, that's a pretty good episode title. Yeah. All right. Uh, so look forward to that. Dan, tell him stuff. You can find our show at NetflixandSwill.com if you want to stop shop for all things Netflix and Swill. Uh, check out our merch. Check out our Patreon if you want to support us monetarily. Uh, if you don't want to support us monetarily, but you still like the show, uh, drop us a follow on any of those social medias or on your podcatcher of choice and leave a review if that's completely possible from your podcatcher. Yeah. Uh, thank you to Space Weather for the use of our theme song, Bitter, uh, which is how Adam McKay feels about people not getting his movie. Adam, everyone got your movie. It's just there's varying degrees of how effective it is. Get over it. (laughs) All right. And until next week, this is Caleb saying we'll see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.